Welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast with Pastor Adam Cook, where our goal is to have a genuine and authentic conversation about the Christian faith journey and what a messy walk with Jesus really looks like. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hey, welcome to the Messy Walk Podcast. I'm your host, Steph, here with Pastor Adam. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey. We are on episode 141, and this is week three of our newest series, I'm Offended. I'm Offended. You said that very offendedly. I'm offended. I'm offended. <laughs> and this, uh, today's episode is titled, The Spirit of Offense is a Form of Self-Righteousness. Yeah, so we, uh, this is the third week of this series. We kicked it off a couple ago, um, the first week we were talking about like what the spirit of offense is, and in particular how you can know if you have one. So we went through this like long thirty question, very difficult to answer yes or no to some some of them, mm-hmm. right? Like very revealing of who you are. Um, and we went through all those questions to kind of determine if you have a spirit of offense. And then the next week, which was last episode, we talked through biblically what it means to have a spirit of offense, the, where the where the word offense comes from in the Hebrew and the Greek. We took the two primary ways that you see that word used and kind of walked through them, and we started to talk about um, what the spirit of offense causes or what it does, right? Um, what it is. And so we started to kind of label. So what we're doing for the next several episodes is just going through a different piece of um, either – what the spirit of offense causes or where it comes from, like today, that's kind of what we talked about, right? And so last week we talked about the fact that the spirit of offense causes division. Like at its very core, it's causing division, and we are supposed to be united, so that's a big problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if Jesus' last prayer on earth is for unity in the body and believers of Christ, and by the way, he's not just praying for unity for the disciples. He even references those to come later, which would be us right, Mm -hmm. Um, that he wants us to be unified. So if Jesus' last dying request, right, I mean, I think you can go there with that. I think you can be this bold to say that that that's what that is. Last dying request is for his followers to be unified. Then we got a serious problem if we're offended because the spirit of offense that we would carry causes division, right? That's a big issue. And the spirit of offense, the reason we call it a spirit of offense is because it's deep down and it's coming from the enemy, right? Mm -hmm. And it's causing us to be offended at everything, um, offended at, at all sorts of different reasons and whatnot we would get. And then that's causing serious division. So the first thing it does is it causes serious division. We talked about that last week. And so today we're going to kind of go through some more things that it does in the next episode too. And then we'll wrap this whole thing up with um, how to dismantle this spirit of offense, like how to battle it. And Steph and I are um I'll throw you under the bus, Stephanie. Steph and I are both have both struggled with having a spirit of offense mm-hmm. in the last several years, uh, maybe longer. Um, and we've been called out on it uh individually, <laughs> uh separately, not together. We've been called out on it by the same person, uh, which would be my wife Valerie. A wise woman. A wise, wise lady who gets on my nerves because uh, she's right all the time. Anyway, She's called me out on having this. She's like, you have a spirit of offense. You need to go to the spirit. And then, and then separately, she's told Stephanie the same thing. <laughs> you know, the and it of, sucks when you get told yes, that. You're does. like, no, I don't. And then you're like, no, I don't. Right? I mean, you, you yes. get offended at being told that you're offended. Right? I mean, you know, the, like proof. Valerie even said it to me one time. Because she, she said to me lots of times before I ever woke up to it. And one time she told me, she's like, you have a spirit of offense. And I got offended at her telling me I had a spirit of offense. And then she told me, she was like, look, see? You even get offended at me telling you you're offended. 
you know. Um, <laughs> and then later on, I started to figure out that was the case, right? And I, so I know this is true. Um, so we talked. Me and Stephanie were really honest in the first week's episode. I, yes, I tell you, so if, honest. If you really want to do some work on yourself, if you really want to, like, because some people don't want to change, right? Yeah. Um, we just finished studying the book of Second Peter in church. In Second Peter, at the end of it, you know, that's Peter's like last letter to the church. He's an old man. He's going out. He references at the end um, of chapter two. He says some people don't want to change. Like he says. Some people are like dog returning to their vomit, like yeah. mic drop moment, right? Like some people just don't want to change. And so if you're somebody who really does want to change and you want to figure out if this is you, um, go back and listen to that first episode and look at all those questions. The questions are not just on the episode that we talked through, but they're also in the description um, wherever you're getting this, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whichever place, you can read through the questions. Steph and I were really honest with those questions. Real honest. Yeah. And some of them are hard to be honest with. And then we and then we took the questions to my small group. Um, me and Valerie took the questions to our small group. And we had our missionaries there from the Dominican Republic. They were with us, our group. And we went through the, the questions with the group. And it was brutal. Like, it was just tough Man. to answer yes or no to some of those things, right? And so mm-hmm. I know that I struggle with a spirit of offense. Stephanie knows that she struggles with a spirit yes. of offense. And... And this podcast, we're talking about the messy walk that we have as Christians. So a lot of what we end up discussing are things that we struggle with or have struggled with um, and how we can do better. That's the whole point, right? So we Mm -hmm. hope that this helps. So um, go back and listen to the first one. Decide if that's you. Um, I bet it's you say yes to more of those questions than you think you will. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I think the spirit of offense runs really deep. Mm-hmm. And the enemy loves to utilize this. And there's a lot more people offended than, than, than realize, right? I mean, look at the world around us. Is the world that we live in easily offended? Absolutely. Yes. Do we live in that world? Yes. Yeah. So we cause it too. You can't just blame it on other people. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I hate it when people get all... Well, everybody stop being offended. Stop being snowflakes, right? You a snowflake too, right? Because you're offended by the snowflakes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what Ooh, I mean? Ooh, yeah. You're offended by them being offended so much. And so it, it, we're we're a part of the world. So don't forget that. We, we live in this world, but we're supposed to be separate from it. But a lot of the problems that are in the world weren't caused by other people solely. They're caused by us too. Yeah. Right? So this, this, this um, epidemic of being offended – we're a part of it too. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, not everyone else is the problem. Sometimes it's exactly. also just yourself. Exactly. As a matter of fact, you know, I had a mentor tell me this one time. He was like, you know, whenever you feel like everybody else is the problem, it is the number one sign that you are actually the problem. It's right? like you just need to go stand in the mirror and be like, right, hello, right, because the biggest I'm the problem. problem you got, <laughs> biggest problem you got in this world, stares at you in the mirror every single morning. And yeah. I, and I, and truth. Right, and so the biggest pain in your tail is uh-huh, you. It's you. <laughs> it's you. There are things you know when you talk about like the, uh, the um, like, like when you talk about the the stuff in this world that happens to us. The vast majority of the stuff, there are things that happen to us, um, but the but most of it we cause. You know what I mean? Like like when you think about how bad things go down, there are things that happen to us. There are lots of things that we cause, and then occasionally. I think God uses and causes and does some of these things to get our attention on purpose. But the vast majority of time when something bad happens, most of the time we've caused this mess. You know what I mean? Like yeah. in some way. Um, we don't ever focus on that, but it's the case. Most of the stuff we've caused. 
Um, like if you've got relationship problems, more than likely you are a sole cause of those things too, right? Um, you know, it's just it's all kinds of things like that. So I think that we got to pay attention to the fact that we are part of the problem, right? And so if you've determined that you have the spirit of offense, that's good. You're, we're exactly where we are right now, and we're trying to figure this thing out. So we're just talking about spirit of offense. So yeah. back to this week's thing since we got off track. Um, here's something else that the spirit of offense does or causes. So the spirit of offense – it is a form of self-righteousness. So last week we talked about the fact that it causes division. We're going to pause right now and talk about the fact that it is a form of being self-righteous. If you are constantly offended, it is a sign that you are walking in self-righteousness. I mean, think about it. Think about the offendedness. I am right. You are wrong. How many times have we said or felt that? All the time, right? Yeah. I'm right. You're wrong. Matter of fact, most of the time when we decide that somebody is wrong, we are at the exact same time deciding that we are right, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's an immediate form of self-righteousness. Like most of the time when you decide, all right, this person is wrong, well, what are you comparing their wrongness to? You may not realize it, but subconsciously what you're comparing their wrongness to is your rightness, right? It's, it's what it really is, right? Yeah. This person, this person didn't um, – didn't greet me when I came in. I'm bringing up something me and Steph talked about recently. So, like, this person didn't greet me. Well, you immediately are deciding that that's wrong based on the fact that I would have. They didn't, but I would have done this. And yeah. I, you know what I mean? Like, you, your expectation on what you would do. And so it's, it's just immediately, like, blinking light that goes, self-righteous alert, self-righteous alert, <laughs> self-righteous alert. You know what I mean? Like, you smell like self-righteousness. Um, that's, that's what's happening with it. And so... That in itself, you know, this is I'm right and you're wrong. That in itself is not necessarily offense, but it's what you do with that that can become offense, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can become offended real quick. So what we talked about last week was you had a couple of those words specifically. So you had a Greek word and you had a Hebrew word. We talked about the Greek word, the, excuse me, the Hebrew word more last week, pasha. This week we'll look at just real fast the Greek word that you find most commonly used, um, and it is the word scandalon or scandalizo is the verb. So, offend you know offending um, the action the 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 verb of doing that is scandalizo in the Greek, and scandalon is sort of the um, the noun version of it, like the word offense. Um, in the original Greek, that picture of scandalizo is referring to as in the bait in a trap. So it's talking about there's this trap set and there's bait set in it. Does that make any sense? So mm -hmm. so like think about a mouse trap at the house. I bet everybody has used a mouse trap at some point in time. You put some peanut butter in it, right? Don't use cheese. It don't stay on there. They can get it off too easy. You shove some <laughs> peanut butter in there, right? And you set a trap. The, the peanut butter is the bait that then catches that mouse in the trap. And so when something happens or is said that's going to cause offense, it's like bait in a trap. And so the question is, is will you engage and be trapped by the offense or will you not take the bait and move on? That's the question, right? And so as a Christian, as a Christ follower, what we want to do is we want to follow Jesus' example all the time. So what we're saying is, is that when we talk about this word offense in the Greek, it's like there's bait in a trap. And so the question is, so an offense happens and all of a sudden bait's been put in front of you, right? Somebody does something that offends you, says it, whatever it is. Bait has been put in front of you, right? 
Yep. There's a trap right there. You can't necessarily see the trap. It's like the mouse walking towards the peanut butter. They're like, ooh, peanut butter, you know? Mm-hmm. And right there it is. And you have to decide when that offense happens whether you're going to take the bait or you're going to move on past that, right? No, I'm not. You know, I can see what's happening right here. This is, this is set up for me to be offended right here in this moment. And so I'm either going to take it and be trapped by this situation mm-hmm. or I'm going to move on from it. Like, or like with people with, on social media, this stuff is in front of you all the time to be offended by, right? Yep. Every scroll, every scroll, you'll run into something that you can be offended by, um, it, it, anything, from politics to sexuality to um, how to manage your money to, I mean, just, it's just so much stuff. And you got to decide whether you're going to take that bait, start firing off comments, sharing it, going, I can't believe this is out in the world. People like this, you know, sending it to a friend, even if you don't do it publicly, that's you taking the bait. Or you can decide whether you're going to scroll on, right? Not my business. Not going to take offense there. Don't want to get into that. You know, you decide to scroll on. It's the same way. You know what I mean? Or you log out. Right, right. Get away (laughs) from it. But what what you should be picturing is, is this, this... do I take the bait or not? That's the picture of the Greek word. Um, this author that I like, his name is Perry Stone. He wrote a book, um, There is a Crack in Your Armor. We're going to make sure we um, throw these books up on social media as well, um, on Facebook and Instagram, so you guys can grab them later if you want to. But there is a crack in your armor. Hey, listen to how he says this. We derive our English word scandal and scandalize from this word. Talking about that Greek word, scandalizo. Mm-hmm. When a trap is set for an animal... There must be some form of camouflage to hide it from the sight of the unsuspecting creature. However, the smell of the bait, like a magnet to a magnet, pulls the animal off of its journey to investigate the bait, and suddenly the trap catches the animal. That's the picture of what the spirit of offense does. It is pulling us off of our journey, and then it has trapped you. Um. Wow. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, my dad's a big hunter, always has been, always in the woods. When I was a kid, we used to trap. We used to fox trap. Um, we don't do that anymore, but back in the day, we would, fo- we would trap foxes. And what you would do is you would set this bait trap, this leg trap for foxes, and you would cover up the entire trap. And then right there on the bait part, right there on the, on the trigger, you would put some sort of food item, right? And then you would use this piecemeal to sort of entice them in too, right? That it was a, um, it covered your own smell as a human, but it also would attract them in like it was a female or a male, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you would cover the whole trap. And what would happen is, and foxes are very, very smart. They're very cunning. Like there's a reason why every time you see in a children's story or in a, um, in a children's book or like a children's movie that the fox is smart, was well, because they are. They're really, really intelligent. And so what foxes do is they have, they have these tracks that they walk all the time. Mm-hmm. And the way foxes walk is their feet, they're like their front feet and their back feet go in front of them. So they don't leave two sets of tracks. They leave one straight track, right? It's really cool. That's how you can know it's a fox if you look in the snow. It's because you can see that their, their feet are like in a straight, perfect line. And they walk. They take these paths intentionally. They're on a specific path. They're smart, right? So they've done figured out, this is where I walk. This is what I do. I'm going here. And what happens is, and they're, 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 they're very specific about that path, but then all of a sudden you put some sort of bait on a trap, 
and it draws them off the journey that they were intentionally trying to walk. Right? And that's what happens with the spirit of offense. Things are around us, and we can choose whether to take the bait, and it pulls us off the path that we are trying to intentionally walk. Mm-hmm. And it pulls us off and gets us in and gets us caught in the trap, right? And most Christians, most Christians are not trying to walk the self-righteous path. Most of us are not. Most of us are not trying to be self-righteous, right? The closer you get to the cross, the uglier you realize you are, right? None of us it's are. True. We're not trying to walk the path of self-righteousness. Like, we know we're messed up. Like, you know, one of the one of the um, foundational pieces that you have to have to actually be a Christian to begin with is you have to have confession and repentance, right? You have yeah. to realize that you are messed up. You have to realize that you're sinful. You have to realize human depravity, mm-hmm. and you have to realize that you need a Savior, right? You can't really how – do you, how do you receive a Savior and Lord if you don't realize that you need one, right? Yeah. And so you have to realize it. So, so most of us are not trying to be self-righteous, but what happens is, is this spirit of offense gets in and we take the bait and it intentionally takes us off that path we're trying to walk. And now we're in this trap. And now we're, we've taken the bait, we're offended, and now we're, we're trapped into the fact that I'm smarter than you are and self-righteousness comes about. You know, a lot of times we don't, really, we don't even really realize that we're being set up for offense. It's hidden behind our pride and our self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. It's hidden. You know what I mean? Like, you don't even realize you're being set up for it because you're so prideful and you got such self-righteousness that you're like, well, I need to step in and say something. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? Like, my the world needs my wisdom right here. This person needs my wisdom right here, and I'm going to give it to them. And there's nothing more. All it is is, like, self-righteousness. Um, the Pharisees and the Sadducees of Jesus' day – they were ridiculously self-righteous. He comes against them more than he does anything in the scriptures. And in that self-righteousness, they were offended by Jesus all the time, right? Like this, how dare you, how dare you, how dare you? They couldn't get past their self-righteousness. Um, it said, so you see this in Isaiah 64, 6. You see this in several other places too, that self-righteousness towards God is equivalent to filthy rags, and what's crazy about that statement, this is where it's going to get weird. Did you read this ahead of time? I did, did you know? yeah. So this is where it's going to get weird. Um, people, most Christians are used to this reference, right, that our righteousness is like filthy rags to God. In other words, God's perfect holy, right? We're not. And so the best that we could ever muster up is like a dirty rag. You know what I mean? Um, what's crazy about that scripture is it's not talking about, brace yourself, folks, it's not talking about like a dirty dish rag or something. It's not talking about something you use to clean the bathroom or the toilet. Um, it's not talking about your rag that you keep in the kitchen sink that you use for stuff, and it's just kind of like a nasty. It's not talking about the, the box of rags that you keep that you use to clean your car with or whatever it may be. It is actually referring to a menstrual rag in that scripture. Bum, bum, bum. That your self-righteousness is like a, a menstrual rag. It just got weird between period. Me and Stephanie. Period. Right? Just kidding. Like the kids say, period. Period. <laughs> Ministration. Stop. You sound like you said administration. <laughs> um, like, think about that. So, I mean, I, I know this is weird. So, thank God you're not watching us talk through this. You're just listening. But, I mean, we're talking about a used sanitary napkin. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about a used maxi pad. That's what we're getting at. Mm-hmm. That our self righteousness 
to God is like a used pet. Now, this is where that's going. It's kind of gross, but it's really, really eye-opening at the same time. What it's pointing to in that scripture is, is your blood don't cleanse anything. Jesus's does. Amen. Your blood can't cleanse anything. In other words, there is no need to walk in any sort of self-righteousness whatsoever because your self-righteousness can't clean anything. Yeah. It cannot fix you. Right, you can't cover yourself in your own blood and not do anything. Right, and here's the big kicker: you can't clean nobody else up either. Right, so you know what I mean. That's right. So you getting offended by everything is not going to magically show them the light, or clean them up, or bring them closer to the Lord. Does that make any sense? Because yes. you don't have the ability to do that. Right. Only Jesus's blood does those kind of things, right? And so not ours. That's the picture from that from that verse. It's pretty now, crazy. And I'm glad you said that too, because I think that's an important thing to remember um, when you are growing and trying to change in an area. When someone or some people or whatever it is is constantly offending you, you cannot focus on you want them to change, you want them to change. You yes. have to be like, it starts with me. Yes. What needs to change in me? Absolutely. That's what God's doing in me. Absolutely. He's going to deal with them. You know. Yep. And wh- when, why am I, why is this bothering me so much? Yes. The answer to that question is not them. Right. right? Why does this bother me so much? Why Why can't I get past this? Why do, why does, why do I have to be co- so concerned with what somebody else's opinion is or how they voted or what they believe to be true about the universe, right? Why yeah. is that Why is that something that so deeply offends me? You know, this is different than a topic we're on, but I was talking to somebody recently about this who anytime anybody brought up a doubt about Scripture, they got so outraged. Like we were, I was talking to somebody about this just recently, hmm. and they were like, every time somebody brings up the age of the earth or, you know, they get so offended by carbon dating of things where it references that something 600 million years old and all this stuff. They get so mad about it. Like they're just so offended. Um, and they're like, you know, I need to correct them. I need to correct them. That's not true. That's not true. And they get so offended. And we were talking through it. And the reason that they get so offended about that, what's really going inside of them is it's challenging the truth that they hold and they don't know what to do with those doubts. That's right. They don't know what to do with those questions. And so instead of looking in deep and taking those questions, those doubts deeper to the Lord, what they want to do is just put up a wall, not deal with it personally, and lash out at other people for what they think, right? Mm-hmm. Try to invalidate what they think. Um, you know, it's it's just it, – all it is is hidden self-righteousness. Yeah. Right? And that's what I'm trying to say. Like almost all our offense is really coming from we think we're right. Other people must be wrong. And we have to be the ones to correct them because mm-hmm. we are more holy, more righteous than they are. It's just self-righteousness. But it, it really helps to look at that verse and to remind ourselves that we don't clean anybody up nor anything, not even ourselves, right? Our blood cleanses nothing. That's what that scripture is saying. Only Jesus' blood, mm-hmm. right? And so the, the, there was only one Savior of the world. His name was Jesus. He don't need no help. Yeah. He don't need no sidekick. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of times we picture Jesus as Jesus is Batman and we're Robin. And so we got to help him go through this world and correct all these wrongs, right? Yeah. Um, like we're his sidekick superhero and he needs us. You want to know why they call yeah. us Robin or we thought it? Why is that? Because we're Robin Hell. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry to put that one. in there. That's a good one. Like, I mean, it's just crazy. We we just so easily will walk into this self-righteousness trap. Yep. Um, the bait takes us right into it, and the next thing you know, oh, my gosh, like we're so right and everybody else is so wrong. Um, me and Steph, she's going to bring up a book that she's been reading. It's kind of weird how you end up reading something like this. I know. Of, right, just by accident. Um, she's reading this book. What's the name of the book, Steph? Unoffendable by, by Brant Hansen. Brant Hansen, Unoffendable. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically talking about the exact same stuff we're talking about. Yes. Right? It's so good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, you yeah. just started reading it Honestly, recently? it was Saturday. Um, and it's been like a couple of days or so now. So It's yeah. cool how... You know, God works like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And here's the here's the backstory. I was at the bookstore recently, um, a, a local one, and I was just browsing, and I had been struggling with some stuff uh, in my life that where I'm offended, yep. and that book just stood out to me. I'm like, oh, and I was like, I want to get this, but then I didn't want to spend the money. Right. Anyway, every time I come back to the bookstore, it was like about a month or so. I was just thinking about that book. So suddenly, um, I was like, I'm picking that book up. So yeah, yeah, and now it's changing my life along yeah. with like what we're re- reviewing Absolutely. now. It's the same stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that book's going. Th- we're going to give you some quotes. We'll throw that on social media too. Um, we're going to give you a quote here in a minute from that book, and then we're going to add some more in from it on the next episode too. But Steph and I were talking about it. She read this particular quote we're going to read, and it reminded me. Okay, so Jesus, Jesus was absolutely perfect, right? So absolutely perfect human life. He he's our he's our Lamb of God sent to take away the sins of the world. Pot, spotless, pure, no blemish, right? So he walks this life that we couldn't walk, and walks it perfectly. So if anybody could have think about Jesus earthly when he's walking around, if there was ever anybody who could be offended at every single thing that's going on wrong with people and in the world, it was Jesus, and mm-hmm. he'd have been right to do so, right? He'd have been correct to do so. And yet, he walks through completely undefended. Like, you have to stretch to find Jesus offended in Scripture. Um, It's a stretch. The only place you can even get to with him being offended is with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, is with Mm self-righteousness, right? That's the only place. Um, Everywhere else, I mean, Jesus could have been offended so often, and yet he's not. And he's perfect. He could do that. So it's just kind of interesting that we follow a Savior who could choose to be offended and doesn't, that maybe what we're supposed to be doing is becoming, like that book just said, unoffendable. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Jesus is. Read that quote that you had um, from page three, and then we'll wrap up in a minute. Okay. Yep. Let me find it, y'all. I don't know what time we're at now, but we're bumping on up there. 30-some minutes. <laughs> well, Okay. I used to think it was incumbent upon a Christian to take offense. I now think we should be the most refreshingly unoffendable people on a planet that seems to spin on an axis of offense. Mm. So yeah. in, in a world that is totally offendable all the time, we should be people who are unoffendable. And I love the way he says it. He says, I used to think that as a Christian we were supposed to be offended by everything. Like that was supposed to be what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and think about that. Like, so many of us, that's how we begin our Christian journey, is we think that now we know. We know what's right, we know what's wrong, and we know what God says. And we're trying to apply that to ourselves, but also we're thinking about, like, 
that we're supposed to be offended by everything bad in the world and everything wrong in culture. We're supposed to be. That's our job. We're supposed to call it out and be offended by it. Um, and I, that holds true for me. Like when you read that, you know, when we were prepping, and you read that to me, I was like, oh, my gosh, that's true, you know. Mm-hmm. And I have to watch out not being that way. And then he goes, but the more I become a Christian, which means what he's saying is, is the closer I follow Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. The closer you follow Jesus, like not time and length of being a Christian, but the depth of being a Christian. The more you're following Jesus, the more you realize, no, I think we're supposed to be the most unoffendable people in the world, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, But it's always it always doesn't seem that way. It doesn't. You know? I'm going to read this part, too. Yeah, do. Forfeiting our right to anger makes us deny ourselves and makes us others-centered. When we start living this way, it changes everything. Actually, it's not even forfeiting a right because the right doesn't exist. We're told to forgive, and that means anger has to go, whether we've decided our own anger is righteous or not. Mm. Yeah. That challenged me. It's really important to think about these things in light of who Jesus is. I think the only, you know, the only solution for um, sin in our life is Jesus. He's the only solution, the only hope you got, not just of being saved and cleansed, but of actually overcoming those sins that we walk in, right? Mm -hmm. And self-righteousness is one too, right? And being offended all the time, coming from self-righteousness, is the same thing. The only hope we got is Jesus. And so when we look at the fact that Jesus works this perfect life, and can be offended at everything if he wanted to be and be completely right, and yet he doesn't, should show us that as Christians, we ought to be like that too. Mm-hmm. Like We ought to be able to walk through this world confident enough in who we are, confident enough in Jesus, but then also understanding the depth of our sin that we do not get offended at everything that's going on around us all the time, you know, or that everything somebody's doing to us, we need to get justice for. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Like that there's got to be justice for that. Isn't it funny how the human brain works um, that even as Christ followers who understand and know what grace and forgiveness look like, right? Like think this is insane to me. I'm thinking about myself too. I'll teach this sometimes in our um, uh, what we would call like a membership type class, right? Um, the basics of we call it we call it union basics, right? Just the basics of who we are as a church and people getting integrated in that and what we believe and all those things. Um, I teach this a lot based on generosity. That as Christians, we say that we are the ones who know what real generosity is because we've received ultimate generosity from God. Yeah. And so if that's the case, then we ought to be the most generous people in the world because we know what real generosity is. Well, we say also that we know what grace is more than anybody else in the world, right? Because we received the grace of God. And we know what forgiveness looks like, that we've been forgiven of all of our sins and shortcomings and redeemed by Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Then there, if we know what the grace feels like and we know what forgiveness feels like, then we ought to be the most graceful, forgiving people in the world, not the most offended. Right. So the more you walk in Jesus, the more you become less offended and more graceful and more forgiving in those situations and understanding. You know what I mean? Like It's true. Jesus is ridiculously understanding, like ridiculously. Like there is so much grace. Yeah, and like I have to remind myself, like I want people to be patient with me and give me grace. 
So why am I holding on to that when I'm supposed to give it back to someone else? Absolutely. In moments where I'm feeling really weak about it, you know? I have to remind myself a lot. The, the plight of us as humans is everybody wants grace for themselves mm-hmm. in all situations. Yeah. But we want justice in every situation whether somebody else does something wrong. Like when we do something wrong, we want grace. When we screw up, we want grace. When somebody else does something wrong, we want justice. Yeah. You know? Like order in the court. <laughs> yeah. Like like we show up to work late and we want grace. Oh, it's okay. You had a flat tire. You overslept. Whatever. We want grace. Yeah. Right? We want people to understand our situation. Our coworker shows up late all the time and we want justice. You know? Like they're supposed to show up. Yeah, all the time. Why they do? I show up every time. Why aren't they showing up every time? Right. But when we screw up, we won't. I mean, we deal with this with our kids. Me and Valerie deal with our kids all the time. And I realize that it's something that I struggle with too, constantly. Like our kids all the time. When they get in trouble, like when when let's just pick out one of them. We'll pick out uh, we'll pick out Madeline right now. Right. When Madeline gets busted in a lie, or she's ugly, she likes to stomp her feet. She's got just mad attitude. Like she's just all a bundle of attitude. She gets the thing lately, last six months or so, is she gets mad and she stomps her feet. And I don't let that happen. You ain't stomping your feet in my house. You know what I mean? Like, that's, uh-uh. And so she stomps her feet. Well, when she gets, when I fuss at her for that and she gets in trouble for it, she doesn't want to get punished. She wants me to forgive her and her to have grace. Right? Turn mm-hmm. around and two seconds later, her brother does the same thing. She wants me to punish him. <laughs> She wants me to, he's got to go sit on the steps. He's got to go to the timeout on the steps, right? But for her, no, no, daddy, please, 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 right? But when it's her brother, oh, yeah, he needs to be punished. You yeah. Know? Like like he hits her and she wants punishment for him. She hits him and she wants forgiveness. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's what it was talking about in this book, too. It's easy to, like, think, well, our intentions are pure or, you know, we're the victim. And it's like, but this other person. You know, prime is exactly what we're talking about mm-hmm. here. It's the best way we could describe it. All that is is self righteousness. You're right. It's all it is. That's it. And that's why that's why all us being offended is nothing more than a form of us being self righteous. That's all it is. You know, we think we Crazy. know better. We think we should receive grace. Somebody else shouldn't. Like, you know, we know better. We're right. They're wrong. Um, and when we're wrong, we want to be forgiven. And when they're wrong, we want them to pay it back or or to admit that they're wrong or whatever it is, right? Just mm-hmm. a form of self-righteousness. That's a good way to end it. It's a good way to end it. So the book is Unoffendable by Grant. Brant. 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 <laughs> He's trying to read it upside down upside from down. across the table. I got close. I got close. <laughs> Brant Hansen. We'll throw it in the description um, and throw it on social media. Um, so, so if you are somebody like me and Steph who are struggling with a spirit of offense, you just got really offended because, whoops, because um, you're self-righteous. Sorry to be the one to tell you, but that's true. Yep. <laughs> this is your reality. Yep. <laughs> All right. That's all we got. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Messy Walk podcast with Pastor Adam Cook. Make sure to follow us for future episodes that will be posted regularly each Wednesday. Have a good day.